everybody, welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben Pokolsky. We frame this podcast around living your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Your mindset is a big part of that. And your mindset, in my eyes, is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. So I'm going to tell you about the questions that I ask myself every day and how that list of questions first expands out and contracts down really, really small. What questions you should be asking yourself every day, which ones I do. Second, I'm going to talk to you about why most people that we all, all follow or often follow are actually wrong. I'll talk more about that. And the third and final thing I'm going to talk about today is transformations, muscle building, fat loss, whatever your objective is, and why the paradigm around that is completely wrong in this industry, why I'm frustrated by it. I'm going to show you how to fix it and ultimately why it's broken more and that and so much more coming up in today's podcast after a message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by realmushrooms.com, the highest quality mushrooms that exist in the world, period. I intentionally sought out Real Mushrooms to sponsor our podcast because I love the quality of their products. I love what the company is about. I love the people behind the company. And most importantly, I care about what goes into my body. After finding some really interesting facts about most of the mushrooms grown around the world, I intentionally sought out the highest quality I could find the difference. Most mushrooms grown around North America are grown in mycelinated grains. So that mycelium adds to the weight of the mushroom. So instead of simply getting the fruiting body of the mushroom, the mushroom itself, you're also getting the mycelium that it grows in. And that contributes significantly to the weight because we buy these things by weight. And so if we're buying mostly grain in our mushrooms, are we actually getting active ingredients? Real mushrooms we know is 100% organic and the highest quality mushrooms you could find. I absolutely love their products. You guys know you've heard me say it a thousand times. If you're not already taking reishi mushrooms, specifically during this time of high stress, it's a fantastic addition to your repertoire to support stress. Lion's mane can be a great way to increase BDNF, which is a great way to improve neuroplasticity, which is ultimately brain growth. Uh, and a couple other things I take from them are the five defenders when I feel like my immune system is getting a little run down. And I also mentioned to you in the past that I've experimented with some cordyceps, which I really love for endurance and improving my aerobic function. So head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben and get 30% off your first order. That's again, realmushrooms.com slash Ben to get 30% off your first order. And if you're not a first-time customer, you can still get 20% off by using the code MUSCLE. Head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben or realmushrooms.com slash MUSCLE and get hooked up. Now back to the podcast. All right, ladies and gents, another solo cast for you today. Our responses on the solo cast has been absolutely fantastic. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we got so much feedback on in the last few solo casts, so I continue to do that. I'm really inspired to do it, especially as I've created space for myself here in Costa Rica. Sometimes as someone who, um, let's say, is busy, um, it's sometimes hard to create space for yourself to grow and think and exist. And uh, oftentimes in our society, we're sold this myth of success, this myth of the high achiever, right? Someone who takes on so much, maybe takes on the weight of the world because you know you're strong enough to do it. Maybe you take on other people's problems, you take on businesses, you take on all these things because you see so many great opportunities. And what you do is you take away your space, you take away your time. Without time and space, it prevents you from growing and you literally get locked 
down in this stagnant place. And that feels really, really bad for a lot of people. A lot of people start to get anxious. They start to feel disconnected. Ultimately, that's what le often leads to, to abusive substances, to abusive food, because we don't feel like we're growing, we're expanding. We're not ultimately connecting to our true nature, our true nature being ultimately energetic beings. And I heard a really great uh, explanation recently about the um, reality that we are energetic beings having a human experience, right? Ultimately, we're using this body as a conduit, as, as a transmitter, ultimately, something that allows us to receive signals from the cosmos, from the, the greater consciousness of the world. And that's really interesting. If you start to frame your mind differently, rather than I'm this human having this experience, if I consider myself having an energetic experience in my the primary objective of this receiver is one, to help to live a life in a, of an adventure, Two, to tap into the greater consciousness, it's ultimately using this, this body as like a receiver, like a tuner, almost like one of those old school radios where you're just trying to tune it just right. Sometimes you get signals, sometimes you get the, the right noise or a little bit of noise, and sometimes you just nail it right. And a lot of our lives should be spent, or at least directed toward trying to tune our receiver so we could tap into our ultimate innate knowing, our innate wisdom that we're all born with, yet so many of us have a hard time finding it. Because whether it be from trauma or simply being too busy in our mind, in our body, in our lives. So not the point of it today's podcast, but I want to share that with you because I encourage each of you as you ascend your mountain, right? We, you're on some mountain right now. We're all on some mountain. And I believe I'm on my second mountain and, and who knows how many to come. But um, the you know, first one being bodybuilding and, and this next one being this internal journey. Um, I feel like we are kindred souls because we're all on a journey aspiring to find some purpose, some fulfillment, uh, some meaning, and ultimately live a life of meaning and cont contribution. And I think the only way to find that is to ultimately find who you are, find who you are at your soul. And that sounds, again, a little bit esoteric, but here's how I encourage you to explore that. There's things in your life, whether you notice or not, and I'm sure many of you notice, some of you may not, that you're drawn to. May, there, may be, there may be people that you're drawn to. There may be places that you're drawn to. There may be um, circumstances, animals, things that you're drawn to. And my, my suggestion, my encouragement to you is to start paying attention to those things. What are you pulled toward? And then what do you tell yourself when you're pulled toward those things? So an example being recently, um, I've been taking notice of people who are kind of, mm, call it lone wolf uh, energy, right? People who just kind of like, they're, they're doing their own thing and they have very little awareness or regard for what other people think. And I've always been very drawn to these people, yet I tell myself a story as to why I can't or why I'm not able to do that. Although at many times in my life, I've have done that. I watch these people do it and I almost live in, uh, I don't know about jealousy, but I almost have a degree of envy. Like, wow, you know, like I love how peaceful they are. I love how they're not entwined in everyday BS of trying to be somebody they're not. They're not trying to prove anything to anybody. They're not trying to accomplish anything that, that isn't their own soul's desire, at least so it seems from my perspective, right? They're out there just doing their thing unapologetically, we'll say. And I think watching these people for me has really inspired me to one, pay attention when I'm drawn to something and two, pay attention to why I tell myself I can't, because it seems to be this common dialogue. Oh, well, geez, I, I can't do that because. And the faster you can remove the because or why you can't do it, 
um, the faster you can start to move toward the things that truly inspire you. So start paying attention every day to the things that ultimately you love, ultimately that you're drawn to. If it's places, spend time there. If it's people, look at them and say, what is it about that person? It's not the clothes they wear. It's not the car they drive, although maybe it is. Look deeply at who they are, ultimately, who they are being in society. And that's ultimately what we want to aspire to. We want to look to someone and go, hey, I want to be more like that person. What is it about them that I want to embody? What can I do today in my daily routine and my habits to start to embody something that I know that person does? And it may be as simple as asking a question. It's like, what does your daily routine look like? What is your the framing of your mind? What is the framing of your consciousness? <clears throat> So what does that mean? Every day we wake up, we all look at the world through a lens. I have my lens, you have your lens. Your lens ultimately determines what you see. So the lens is formed by all the beliefs, all of the thoughts that you've had up to this point, right? Similar to what I talked about recently, it's the walls we set in our mind. We all create these boundaries in our mind as to the way the world is or the way we fit into the world. So that's ultimately the lens that we look through the world at, right? We have these beliefs that form our um, expectations and our worldview, let's say. So if you want to start to change your worldview, you have to start to unwind these beliefs and start to remove these rigid walls we set in our mind and start to explore what might exist outside of those minds. So here's how I start to do that every day. And this is the first point of today's podcast. Well, what I start to do is I start to, as I go through life, as I'm reading books, as I'm meeting wonderful people, I pay attention to the questions that they're asking themselves. I pay attention to their how they think, right? So it's how, how is this person being? And by how they're being, I try to extrapolate maybe what are the, the primary questions they're asking themselves, right? What is the lens through which they look at the world? And then I try to extrapolate a question. And then I take that question and I put it in a document in, in my notebook and I put it in a document in my phone. So I kind of always have it with me. And I have this ongoing document of these daily questions that I ask myself. And I'm not going to go through the, the entire list of questions because some of them are completely irrelevant. But anytime I hear a question that sounds interesting to me or thought-provoking to me, I'll write it down in this, in this notebook or in this note and I keep it there. And eventually what I do is I narrow it down. So those questions never go away. This note will be eternal, but what I'll do is I'll highlight three to five this week, or I'll highlight some that just really feel like they're resonating with me or that I want to answer, or I'll highlight some that I'm afraid to discuss, or I'm afraid to think about. If I feel some type of emotional charge around these questions, those are the ones that I tend to want to explore. So today I'm going to share a few of them with you. And um, I think it's important for us to start paying attention to, you know, everyone always asks, what should I journal about in the morning? This is the answer. So as I enter the world every day, I have an opportunity to ultimately influence or change the lens through which I look at reality. So if you're someone who wakes up every day and thinks that, oh God, life is hard. You know, oh man, I got to do this again. Oh, it's gosh, it's going to be a terrible day. Oh, it's so cold outside and, you know, it's, it's dreary. And, or if you're someone who wakes up and goes, I'm so excited to be alive. I feel so invigorated and so full of energy. I'm so grateful for the people that I have in my life. Do you see how those two different lenses could paint a completely different picture of the exact same day? Two twins walk down the road. One has the lens of doom and gloom. The other one has the lens of inspiration and gratitude experiencing the exact same scenarios, have completely different experiences. And I first became aware of this reality uh, with my children. 
knowing that I could ask or, or make a statement, I could ask a question, and they could perceive it completely differently based on this, their current state in that moment. And that could be influenced by what happened to them an hour earlier. Maybe they didn't sleep well. Maybe they're a little bit of stress. Maybe they're a little sick. Whatever. Any number of events could have influenced how their nervous system receives this information. So as I go into my state in the morning and I try to create this, this state of inspiration and gratitude and take that with me to the world, and, and the one I'll add to that, inspiration, gratitude, and uh, the energy of a servant, right? I like the idea of, for me, um, serving. And most of you who have met me will know um, I, I, I'm a relatively humble person and my uh, aspiration is to simply help. And if I, I literally come at the world, one question that you hear me ask often is like, how can I help? Right. And if I can, I will. And if I can't, I'll tell you I can't. Anyways, I digress with my question asking. Um, but coming back to this, some of the questions that I ask myself, at least recently every day, one I just kind of mentioned in the opening monologue is who am I? What am I drawn to? What beliefs, thoughts, skills, and habits stand in my way of moving closer to what I'm drawn to? Now, the example that I wrote here in my notes is, you know, there's a man at the top of a mountain and he's by himself and some people, or maybe he's having breakfast by himself. And some people look over and say, oh man, that man's by himself. He must be so sad. And I look at that man and I go, man, that guy must be so at peace with himself that he doesn't need anything outside of himself. And that's what I aspire to. I'm not worried about the judgment of others. I, I want to not be worried about the judgment of others. I simply want to be at peace with who I am so that I could sit for any duration amount of time by myself and feel great about it. I want to have no attachments to anything or anyone ultimately, yet still really enjoy and appreciate the company of certain people and of my family, of course, but not needing it, right? And yes, I have such deep love and gratitude for my family and uh, my loved ones, um, but that I can still go in the opposite end and go to com be completely in solitude and feel completely in harmony there. And I can go, the next question that I've asked myself is, what am I afraid of? What can I do today that terrifies me? That's a really great question to ask yourself. I've had that discussion with some people recently, and sometimes we create these walls in our minds as a protective mechanism. Right. If I act this way, I'll receive this, this reward. If I act this way, I'll receive this acceptance. If I act this way, I'll receive this love, whatever it happens to be. And if I don't act this way, I'm going to have some negative repercussions. So society creates walls. Our family creates walls. We create walls in our minds. And these walls ultimately become our limitations in life. Right. They, there are safety in certain aspects of our life, and there are also our limitations. So my, for me personally, I believe it's, it's part of who I am to challenge the walls and ultimately to help others take their walls down too. And this has become a big part of my coaching. A big part of my community that I'm part of is I seem to be the guy that breaks down walls and I'll come in and uh, hold space for people as they evolve past the walls that they set in their mind. And I love that idea. For me, that's maybe the most inspiring thing that I do right now is, is literally coming in with a sledgehammer and, uh, and uh, unapologetically breaking down people's walls, including my own. Uh, so that's the question that I ask myself. What walls have I put up in my mind? What beliefs do I have that are limiting me today? And what's the opposite of that? What beliefs could I implement that allow me to have a more expansive mindset today? Right? I want to have an infinite mindset. I want to have a mindset that makes me realize that anything in the world is possible. So 
that's a really important thing to say. So it's not just like, what do I want to remove? It's like, what do I want to put in its place? So one of the ways that I, that I create this infinite mindset, and I've talked about this before in a podcast, is there's a book called The 25-Year Framework by Dan Sullivan, and I reference it often, but it's because I reference it in my mind often, like almost daily. When I want to do something, it's no longer like, how quickly can I do it or how long is it going to take? It's like, does it fit in the 25-year framework? Do I want to see myself able to do this when I'm 65? And if I can, and surfing is a good example, I'm a terrible surfer. I'm a terrible swimmer. But if I, if I see myself at 65 surfing every day, is that something I should start? Yes. Does, is there pressure on me to be a master at it in a week or a month or even a year? No, I can just go as much as I can go and enjoy the process without the expectation of having to be exceptional at it yet. Right. And when I remove that pressure, all of a sudden it gives me the, the space and the freedom to enjoy it. And what happens when you enjoy something? You want to do more of it. If I put pressure in myself, I'm like, God, I suck at this. I'm really bad. I want to be this. I want to be this way. What happens? You stop enjoying it. How familiar does that sound, ladies and gentlemen, with respect to your fitness training or something new that you're learning? Oh, I suck at this. And most of us verbalize that stuff too, don't we? I suck at this and I'm really bad. And I think it's it's sometimes you're trying to um, prevent uh, ridicule. You're trying to prevent somebody else saying it before you do. And that's just a terrible place to come at the world. Go, yeah, I suck, but guess what? I'm trying and I'm going to kick your ass because I'm sticking to it and I'm enjoying the process. Right. And that's a framing. Here's an interesting framing that just came to mind for me. And I encourage each of you to explore this since it's relevant to this question of, you know, what uh, the way people respond to your um, circumstances. Right. So I recently met a, a lady, an absolutely wonderful lady here in, in Nasara, who um, has a, uh, an ailment that she's had since she was, she was a child that she received a huge amount of ridicule for. And um, you could see the pain in her face, in her body as she, she spoke about it. And, um, and she and I bonded over this because of my uh, childhood trauma that I've talked to you guys about. And one thing that came that both of us kind of came to the conclusion of is we're the type of people that when somebody's walking down the road and trips over a crack in the sidewalk and falls on their face and their stuff flies everywhere, Everyone around does one of two things. They either keep walking and don't pay attention, or they stop and they laugh, both of which I think are absolutely ridiculous responses. I'm the guy who goes, let's help this person first, right? Are they okay? Can I support them? Can I help them? And she seems to feel the same way as me. And that's a really interesting thing, right? So wouldn't it just make sense? Like I get the idea of, ha, 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 I want to laugh, point and laugh. I just, I just think it just doesn't even cross my mind. It's, it's a simple, it's a strange uh, habit people have created. Maybe they feel awkward. Maybe they're trying to make light of the situation. Maybe they're trying to make fun of that person and say they're stupid. But to me, that's just a reflection of who you are on the inside. We start laughing at someone because they're stupid. It's telling me more about you than it does about the person on the ground. So for me, I think it's a much better response to encourage us all to go, hold on a minute here. Why would I laugh at this person? What if they're seriously hurt? Why not just pick them up? Anyways, I don't want to make this like a heavy podcast, but shifting that mindset away from, from um, toward one of being a servant and supporting people and lifting the human species up, or ultimately we're all here to make this, this race, this species uh, extend in its, its, um, its vitality and its, its prevalence on this 
rock, right? So how do we kind of expand and support each other to get smarter, stronger, evolve, happier, all these, you know, maybe lofty aspirations, but that seems to be the reason why we're here. I can't imagine anything else. The reason I learn anything is so that I can pass it on to other people and they can learn and they can feel empowered by that and improve their life and pass it on to other people. That's why we do what we do. Anyways, I digress on that topic, but uh, again, hopefully a relevant thought for you guys. Now, coming back to this conversation of what am I terrified of and what am I afraid of? It can be really something really simple and uh, literally anything. And it could be walking up to someone and uh, saying, hi, <laughs> one thing that I'll tell you has been an interesting uh, experience for me here in Nosara is uh, I say hi to everybody. <laughs> I said, everyone we walking down the road, they, they see this big meat bag walking down the road and they, they assume he's going to be big and scary. And I'm just put a big smile on my face. I wait, I go, Hey, what's up? And people like me, I'm like, yeah, I'm giving you a hug. And uh, I'll tell you, if, if you would have rewound 10 years, that might've frightened me a little bit of, and it's not even fear. Uh, oh, it's fear of, of rejection, right? It's fear of judgment, fear of rejection. And now I don't care. If someone rejects me, I realize that it's more of a reflection of them than it is me. So um, I just take it on myself to uh, say hello to everybody and and bring a positive light and a positive energy wherever I go. So yeah, hopefully that's a useful perspective for you. Moving along from there, um, one thing that comes to mind as I speak of this 25-year framework is asking this question in your morning routine How would your future self guide you? Let's say 65-year-old Ben was my advisor sitting beside me, and um, I'm asking him for some advice on how I should live now. What would he say? What would he say? What would would be the the wisdom and the advice? It doesn't have to be 25 years. It could be two years. It could be five years. It could be 10 years. But sometime in the future, some version of yourself advising you on a better way of living. I'll tell you, there's this logical thought that comes to mind that's a progression from doing toward being, right? So some people want to change and they they get in the habit of doing, and that, that exists in, in all facets of life, right? So I have to do maybe some things every day, and then ultimately we hope that will turn into being, right? If I do this, eventually I'll become that, I will be that. Maybe there's been some suggestion that it's it's the opposite way that it should be. How can I simply be the person I want to be today and do the things they do, right? So if I frame in my mind, I want to be this ideal avatar of myself in 25 years, I go to sit down and say, okay, what does that person do on a day-to-day basis? How are they being how do they show up in the world? How do people say that they treat them? How do people say they impact them? So one of the best experiments ever, no, not experiments, one of the best exercises I've ever done is an obituary. If you haven't done that, I highly suggest you do it. Write your obituary and see what people are saying about you at your funeral. So your family, your children, your spouse, your best friends, your the people you've mentored in your life, your employee, your employees, your team. What do they say about you at your at your funeral? And write that down and play with that a little bit. And that is um, a very powerful way to reverse engineer who you want to be. How do I want to be remembered? Think it through. Another question that I've been exploring lately, or another framing that I've been exploring lately, is this this concept of telling people 
what to do ultimately, right? So I coach a lot of people and it's down this path of um, physique enhancement as the foundation. And then it progresses into optimized living. And then it progresses into relationship guidance. And then it progresses into a new way of looking at life. It's just literally this new lens, right? Can I remove the walls you set in your mind and give you a new lens to which to look at life? And most people out there are ultimately giving the wrong advice, right? So if you're someone who wants to lose fat and I say, hey, stop eating. Hey, if you're someone who has a drug problem, stop doing the drugs. The more you think about the food and the drugs, the more you're going to do them. So that's the wrong framing. So one thing I've been doing lately is asking if there's some behavior that I want to stop or some person whose behavior I'm wanting to help with, instead of saying, hey, stop doing that behavior, which makes you think about that behavior more and more, driving you to do it more often, ask yourself, what's at the root of this behavior? So that's one of my questions that I ask every day is, what's at the root of this behavior? Why do I do it? So people don't overeat because they, they're hungry. They overeat because there's something going on in their body, some emotional disturbance that ultimately leads them to want to cover it up. Right. So if I don't feel good, if I have anxiety, if I have fear, if I have some feeling that I've deemed to be um, less than perfect in my body, and I can change that by having a uh, tub of ice cream or a, I don't know, whatever, a cookie or a cigarette or a drink, that simple state shift is. Uh, ultimately escaping that pain, right? It's escaping that feeling in the body. So what's the root of this behavior? It's not the food, right? The food is the symptom. The food is the cure. What is the cause? So let's start sitting with ourselves and saying, okay, what's, what's at the root of this behavior that I'm trying to change? So when someone comes into my coaching, I'm beginning the conversation on trying to identify their beliefs and the behaviors that we want to change. So coaches out there, If you're someone who aspires to coach somebody to success, the tactics are important. And when I say tactics, that's the the sets and reps and volume and load and and nutrition and uh, all that fun stuff. The tactics are important. But what's even more important is if you give them the tools to start to overcome their limiting beliefs and their destructive behaviors. And none of that involves telling them not to do it. None of, them, none of that involves saying, hey, you should change your beliefs. Let's try this belief. It doesn't work, right? What, what it needs to look like when it comes to beliefs is probably the topic for a different podcasts altogether, but it's asking questions. It's asking questions so that they can come to their own conclusions on their own. If you simply try to tell someone that the earth is round when they know it's flat, you are going to have a very hard time. You're asking someone to change the foundation off which they've based decisions for a very long time often. So changing somebody's beliefs around some, someone is very, very challenging. And, and this is very relevant in modern society, isn't it? Because a lot of our beliefs come from where? In current society, where do most people's beliefs come from? They come from their parents and they come from the media. So most people have a belief around how the world is based on what they see in the media. And the media is a load of horseshit. And hopefully everyone acknowledges it's no better than the soap operas you see on television because it's all propaganda and horseshit. 
So if you're forming your beliefs off of things you see on media, you got a big, big problem. You're going to start basing your decisions in life and your direction on bad information, on biased information. That's not a good thing. So start asking yourself, what is the source of this information? And ultimately, is it serving me? Does it serve me to have this belief? So an example of a belief that serves me that um, a belief that serves me, let's say that um, when I think about business, I think about I have to work 16 hours a day if I want to succeed in business. Is that true? Maybe. Maybe it's completely nonsensical when you meet somebody out there who's working one day a week and they're making 10 times as much money as you. So maybe that belief is worth questioning. Maybe hard work is not the answer. Maybe smart work is the answer. Maybe you ask yourself, what can I automate, delegate, and eliminate? Ask yourself those questions. When it comes to transforming your body, that's not a topic I said I was going to talk about today, but this, the third thing I'm going to talk about. Do you believe transforming your body is hard? Well, if that's one of your beliefs, guess what happens? It will become so. It will be hard. I'm here to tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, transforming your body is not hard. Building muscle is not hard. Losing fat is not hard. You simply don't know the steps. You simply don't have the skills, the habits, and the process. That's it. So if you have someone who's able to help you with the skills, the habits, and the process, you can do anything. Sit down and play a piano. Is it impossible? Is it even hard? No, it simply takes time and diligent, guided practice. Think about it. So that was the third point that I want to talk about today. So I'll shift into that before I go to the second one. So when it comes to transforming your body, we have this belief that you have to starve yourself. You have to do a ton of work. And it's going to be really stressful and probably really time-consuming and very overwhelming. And all these things are simply incorrect. And I had somebody today who I spent about 60 minutes talking with, and you know, he's a very successful entrepreneur and talked about uh, wanting to transform his body and wants some, some, some help with efficiency. And so that really drove me down the path of thinking about how I could support a greater number of people and understanding how simple this process can really be. Right? If your objective is adding 25 pounds of muscle, no problem. Let's just do it. If your objective is, adding, is losing 25 pounds of fat, no problem. Let's just do it. Right? It's not hard. It simply takes the belief that it's possible for you and that you will follow through no matter what. And is it going to be uncomfortable? It may be. It'll be uncomfortable at first. Now, how's your relationship with discomfort? How's your relationship with what terrifies you? Right? And it shouldn't terrify you to lose fat. It shouldn't terrify you to lose muscle. But maybe for some people it does. Maybe the idea of feeling unsafe or hungry terrifies you. Yeah, well, great. That's a little disturbance. Change your relationship with it, right? We could simply, we can do that relatively simply. So I offer you the opportunity to step through the door and changing your belief around muscle building, fat loss, and transforming your body being hard because it's not, simply not. And so the third thing I wanted to talk about today is why most people are wrong. And now that sounds um, arrogant, ignorant, um, but but hear, hear me out. Most people make decisions based on the information they have, which most often, almost maybe 100% of the time, 
is limited information that serves their current belief system. So if, and, and the transforming the body is a good idea is 95% of coaches who come into my world, and I'll put that in quotations, coaches, people who are actively training other people, whether it be in person or online, have no idea what they're doing because they're simply following an outdated or incomplete paradigm, an outdated or incomplete process taught to them by someone else who is also outdated and incomplete. Most people aren't willing or able, I'd say willing, to explore the boundaries they set in their minds, right? Outside to, to explore the outside the boundaries they set in their minds. So if I give you this framework and I say, hey, this is the best framework for transforming your body, I encourage you to go break it, test it, think about it, challenge it, come back and tell me why it's broken. Let's have a discussion about it. The whole point is to, is progress, right? I want to have, I don't, I'm not attached to being right. Right? I'm attached to making progress with humans and getting results. So when someone hands you any information in this world, take it, say thank you, but don't take it as gospel. This is, again, coming very relevant to what's going on in the media. Sure, receive the information. Thank you. Now, how does this fit? Let's, let's put this to the test. One of the reasons I'm the most, one of the most highly sought after coaches in the muscle building space is because I took all of the information in theory and then I applied it at a higher level than most people ever conceive in their life. And that's why I can tell you where it all breaks down or what doesn't break down. Yeah, this is good. That's not. Right? And I say that and it sounds arrogant, but it's simply reality. There's a handful of people in this world who have pushed their body. And there's, there's great bodybuilders out there who've pushed their body and mind to the level where you can actually start to see where theory breaks down and where it holds up. So when you're getting information into your life or given to you on a, on a platter or maybe on a television set, receive it, say thank you, and say, okay, what do, I, what do I actually feel about this? What do I actually think about this? Now, here's the problem. Think about this. Taking time to think every day requires what? Time and space, as I spoke about in the beginning of the podcast. We need to have some time and space in our life. So rather than being attached to having to always be doing something, you have to intentionally carve out time and space in your day to be able to think about these things. Here's the thing. You can be intentional about your thought first, or you can just let your thought go where it wants to go. Eventually, all these things will start to make sense for you, right? Giving yourself time and space to open up and think about, what do I actually think about this? Is this true? Is it complete? So when I tell you something like the, the six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular body, the framework through which I make decisions on body transformation, I tell you about that. I encourage you to take it and use it. I also encourage you to take it and break it and say, hey, this is what it's missing. Because if it's missing something, I want to know about it. I want to make it better. I want it to be absolutely indestructible. And I encourage each of you to do that with all the, th all the information that comes into your life. Spend a little bit of time with it, right? So there's conversations around acquiring knowledge that involve two things, breadth and depth, right? So when we acquire knowledge as humans, we can go really wide, really broad and, and experience breadth. So the breadth of knowledge means I can know about science and math and, and cosmology and whatever, fashion, whatever you like breadth of knowledge. And the depth of knowledge is I take it and I go deep with it. 
And it almost looks like a T, right? It's like an upside down T where it's like I'm going wide and then I'm going deep on certain things. So my suggestion is absolutely periods of breadth and periods of depth. When you find something that's interesting to you or that you want to be an expert on, it requires depth and depth requires time and space. So before you claim to be an expert on something or claim to have some general knowledge on something, mouth closed, mind open, depth, right? So the the reality of the matter is that few people in this world ever, at least currently, I shouldn't even say a few people, there's there's probably millions of people in this world. They just may not be the ones that, that are shouting the loudest. Many people in this world have incredible depth of knowledge, but when they have incredible depth of knowledge, it seems that they aren't the ones on social media trying to tell everybody about their discovery or their uh, how they know everything, right? They're the ones who go, hmm. it's, it's uh, Yoda off on some far distant planet where he's like busy thinking about what he's doing. He's, he's developing depth of knowledge, depth of expertise. He's not on social media going, hey guys, I got a PR today. <laughs> And, and no harm, no harm, no foul in that. But um, c- certainly, experiencing both the the superficial wins and the depth of wins. So, ladies and gents, that brings today's podcast to a wrap. Some of the things that people have been asking online is if I could put together a call it a step by step course, almost on how to build muscle. And if I was a beginner and intermediate advanced, how I would do it? And the answer is yes. And the answer is I've been working on it. And that is coming to a a computer screen near you very, very soon. It's going to be simple. It's going to be really effective and cover all the bases of muscle building. And um, I want to get it in the hands of people who want it. And so muscle building for me is something that did not come easy. It was incredibly hard. I suffered more than most, but I refused to quit. I struggled. I remember trying to or wanting to quit so many times. I was like, I just, maybe I'm not, I'm not made for this. Maybe I just can't do it. But something inside of me refused to accept that. I'm so grateful for my stubborn nature. I'm so grateful for this reality that I just said two middle fingers to the world. I'm going to figure this out or die trying. And it's a sad day when a lot of our bodybuilding friends, uh, pass along. So I want to take this moment to say a prayer to um, my late friend, uh, John Meadows, and uh, brings a tear to my eye and, and sadness to my heart to think of John passing recently at the very young age of 49 with two young boys and a beautiful wife. So I hope all of us can send him love uh, so wherever he is in the universe and send him gratitude for all that he brought to the, the muscle building space. And for all the other bodybuilders out there who have passed. And you know, a lot of people ask about why I left bodybuilding. That's one of the reasons. And I'll be honest, like there's a lot of reasons that that compounded as to why I left. But one of the reasons is the number of people that were just dying all around me. Like some people don't realize that the three of the four people that were closest to me, actually, sorry, three of the five people that were closest to me in the first 10 years of my bodybuilding career died. And I don't have to share that, but there's five guys who I would say influenced my bodybuilding career more than anyone, three of which passed away. And, uh, and they passed away very young. And there's so many other people in this space who die. And I don't attribute that to steroids. I think attributing it to steroids is simply wrong. 
I attribute it to uh, the extreme mentality that bodybuilders tend to take on, or, or maybe more accurately said, the uh, extreme people that tend to be drawn to bodybuilding, right? So sometimes we are, um, not always, but some people in bodybuilding are troubled people. You know, bodybuilding tends to be a, a quote unquote healthy escape, right? Is anything healthy if it's an escape? I don't know, but it's healthier than drugs, maybe. Um, so a lot of bodybuilders have very extreme personalities. We're doing a lot of things to the limit. And sometimes the limit is what tests us. And sometimes genetics, you know, is, is a thing for sure. And sometimes uh, accidents happen, like is the case of some bodybuilders. And I guess it's just such a small community. It feels very close to home when somebody, when somebody passes. We all know each other so well. It really hurts. And so one of the things that I hope to do and, and I hope to offer to you, the listener, is a, maybe I'll do this soon, actually, is, is a podcast on how to do this in a healthy way. Maybe I'll do a series of podcasts on how to do it in a healthy way. Because there's a lot of young, aspiring bodybuilders out there who simply think it's about more steroids. Like, hey, just take more and you're going to grow. They read these ridiculous stacks on the internet and they think that, hey, if I take that, I'm going to look like this guy. It's wrong. It's not even what the guy is taking that they want to look like. It's always made up by some internet keyboard warrior. But they have this belief that, oh, you know, that guy got there taking this. So that's what I need to take too. And it's so I call it a drug based culture, right? It's bodybuilding in the last probably 20 years, maybe longer. I don't know. At least what I've, I've seen has become a drug based culture, meaning it's like who can take more drugs, who can get better drugs. And uh, that's what kind of drives people in the sport. And what should be driving people in this sport is training, training-based culture. Can I train really, 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 really well? Can I train really, 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 really hard? And then can I start to understand recovery and nourishing my body and stress and all these other factors that go into allowing my body to actually respond and grow to the signal that we're giving it when we train? Start to understand that. Right? Start to understand the science of muscle building, the science of biomechanics and human movement. Start to understand how to challenge muscles and not simply move weight. And all of a sudden, your body starts to respond in a way that blows your mind. It's literally mind blowing. Right? I've said this before on the podcast. You know, the average weight gain, some people suggest, is like seven to 10 pounds per year naturally. And I consistently see people put on 25 to 30 pounds a year naturally. And it, it's uh, just because the people who are doing these seven to 10 pound tests simply have no idea what they're doing. They, the top research in the, researchers in the world simply have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and that's the reality. They may understand the physiology of it, but they don't understand the mechanics of it. They start to understand how muscle actually works in, in respect to like biomechanical efficiency. It's just not right, right? And we can make it so much more effective so we get more out of less. What I used to do in three hours in the gym, I can, I can accomplish in 35 to 40 minutes when you start to understand one mechanics, two resistance profiles, right? So maybe this, this is part of my mission before I transition completely into uh, helping people live their greatest life is uh, giving the world ultimately this knowledge in my head that, that is uh, the understanding of muscle building, right? Simplifying muscle building. I often say, you guys will see it on my website, muscle building doesn't have to be confusing. It doesn't even have to be hard. Because it's not. You simply just don't understand it yet. And uh, my one of my missions is to empower you with the knowledge and skill set to build your greatest body. 
so you can ultimately be happy and be fulfilled. So anyways, guys, that's a little bit of a finishing rant for me. But um, I encourage each of you to start to change your paradigm around muscle building from one, is it hard? Nope. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be hard eventually. You can make it hard, but then from, it's, from a place of enjoyment rather than a place of dread. I made it hard, but I liked it. It was fun. Um, does it have to be unhealthy? Absolutely not. Health is the foundation of adaptation, right? A healthy body adapts faster. What do we aspire to in bodybuilding? We want an adaptation. We want to, the, the weightlifting is simply a signal. We want that signal to, to elicit an adaptation or first a response and then an adaptation to that response, right? So that's the equation that I give you guys in this muscle building course that I'm building. It's this external signal of, of weight training, which ultimately adds an internal response and then it results in an adaptation. And well, so first I'll say it's an external stimulus an internal response as it inter intermingles with the internal state of the system. So the current state of my system matters in that equation as well. So there's three parts to the top of the equation equals adaptation, right? And you guys can see that all in the documents coming very, very soon to muscleintelligence.com. Um, and I encourage you, each of you go out and get it because I'm doing my best to uh, answer all the questions. If you guys have any questions with respect to muscle building, send them over. A lot of the questions I've answered a thousand times over. So if you don't get a response to my question, you may just want to look at YouTube because chances are the, the answer to your questions is already on YouTube. And if it's not, then it's probably in this new course that I'm putting together for you guys. So I shout out to my team who's working really hard putting this thing together. And a shout out to you for giving me your ear and listening and uh, hope I provide a little bit of value today. If I did, I would appreciate it if you share at least one person you know and love would benefit from this podcast. If you're the type of person who ultimately likes to help people and likes to see the human species grow and evolve, and you know someone that would benefit from this information, I would appreciate a share. I'd also appreciate a, a subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube. If you're listening in any of those places, uh, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss one. And we have many, many great things coming for you in the future. An entire new coaches section for the next 12 weeks or so. We're going to be doing 12 podcasts, or sorry, 12 podcasts, one a week, um, starting, I believe, in September, uh, helping coaches get better results specific to getting results. And how can we walk you through creating this new paradigm in fitness rather than following the, the blind leading the blind paradigm? We're going to do you guys a or we're going to enlighten, hopefully, some people on this new process um, that ultimately is replicable and consistent and hopefully complete. Anyways, my friends, I'm rambling. And I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And uh, another shout out to our sponsor before we go. Guys, if you don't already own some Real Mushrooms products, they are an incredible sponsor of this podcast. They have the best mushrooms. And everyone I send to them just raves about how great they are. I wish I owned the company. I don't. My great friend Sky Chilton does. And I suggest you guys head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben and get hooked up with 30% off your first order. And um, again, pick up, at least start with a starter pack of Lion's Mane, Reishi, and Cordyceps. And if you are someone who's worried about immunity, pick up the five defenders as well. They've also got a new chocolate product there, which is fantastic. They've got a cocoa product that you can get some mushrooms into your kids if you got them. Uh, so once again, that's realmushrooms.com slash Ben realmushrooms.com slash Ben, or you can use the code muscle to get 20% off realmushrooms.com slash Ben gets you 30% off. Have a great day. Live your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Mm -hmm.
thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.